Hello there. This is Mr. Tittles. You know, I do enjoy my little poppy dogs. Especially when they do the dirty work for me. Welcome to Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries, where our four investigators will be thrown into the mystery and madness of Arkham, Massachusetts in the year 1921. I am your Mythos Master, Ariel, and today's fun fact is superstition you have. And mine is don't open an umbrella in the house. Ooh. Bad luck. That is also one of mine. Uh, hi, I'm Aaron. I play Trevor Montgomery. And a superstition of mine, I've got lots. Um, I think the one that I adhere to the most is never close a pocket knife somebody else has opened. Hmm, a good one. Hmm. Uh, my name is Mark. I play Marcellus O'Neill. And my superstition is... Um, when you hang up a horseshoe in the house, it's got to be open part facing up. I did not know that was a thing. Yes. I is. did. <laughs> now that's no one, another one of mine. <laughs> to add on to the pocket knife thing, uh, I've always been told you never open another person's pocket knife. And if they've op- if they open it and hand it to you, you hand it back to them opened. You don't close it either. It goes both ways on that one. And my according to my uncle. Well, I've been doing it wrong for years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Daniel, I'm playing the parapsychologist Fred Lyons. And I think the one I have is I try not to ever break a mirror. Ooh, yeah, I've broken lots of mirrors. <laughs> yeah. You've broken lots of things. <laughs> so I don't want seven years bad luck, so... All right, let's get started. Where we last left off, Trevor, Fred, and Millie were sitting in Mr. Williams' living room. He had told you that the symbol on the necklace was a variant of the spell Nephren Ka. And that's where we'll pick up. Well, I appreciate your time. And I uh, appreciate your knowledge, and I uh, think from here we'll uh, go back home and ponder some things. Let me explain first, please. Of course. I know it's a little hard to believe. I didn't believe it myself at first, but... You see, me and a team of five... We're sent to Giza for an archaeological dig. We were all archaeologists, just trying to find whatever we can. However, things took a turn for the worse when we uncovered what seemed to be a ritual site. In the site, we uncovered a book with some weird symbols and it looked like there were some translations written in 
as well. We had no idea what the symbols were, but the translations we learned were in German. And we took the book, but as soon as we did, the ruins began to crumble around us. And and he lets out a big sigh and kind of looks down. Only three of us made it out. I'm sorry to hear that. And he just, he just kind of nods to you, and takes a deep breath and looks back up. And he says, one of the men left. His name's Travis. He knew German. He he took the book when we got back and translated it in English. It was almost like he was obsessed with it. He took it pretty hard the men that we lost I think it was his way of coping with it I'm not sure but he did translate it to English however after that his mental health deteriorated he he going on about horrendous things things he was seeing things he was hearing and I, th- I think it just caught up to him. A- anyways, his his family came and took him and went to Chicago where they had lived. And I haven't heard from him since, but I took the book from him. If you would like the book, it might tell you more about the symbol or about anything to do with this. The other guy... He wanted nothing to do with this. He washed his hands of everything as soon as we got back to the States. And it... To be honest, it makes me uneasy at being here. If you could get some use out of it, I would like you to have it. That's, uh... Most appreciated of you. Be happy to take it off your hands. I appreciate it. I think I just have some awful memories attached to it as well. and Maybe I can move on now from it all. This happened over a decade ago. Sometimes it feels like it was just yesterday. Well, I, I'm not trying to, to drag you down. I'm not at all. That was just... I felt like I should explain more... I know I sound crazy. I'm really not. I, This is just some language that we just don't know. Well, we'll take that book and we'll uh, give it a good once over. Hopefully we can help you put this past behind you. That would be great. He gets up from the chair and leaves the living room. Minute goes by. He comes back with a leather-bound book in his hand, and it looks very old, very beaten up. The pages are yellow and just everywhere. just looks like a very old book. And he hands it to you, Trevor. All right, I'll take it. Okay. After he gives you the book, he kind of looks out the window, and he looks back at you and says... 
I'm not trying to rush you. I think you should leave Salem now. It's getting pretty dark. Uh, It's not like I haven't driven in the dark long distances before. Oh, I know, I know. I'm sure you have, just... Well... I, I do understand. We have overstayed our welcome. I appreciate your hospitality. We will uh, be on our way. Ah, uh, good. Safe travels. So we're going to head out. Okay. You head out, and the sun has set. It's getting pretty dark, but the moon overhead does cast some light. Fred. It is a full moon. I try not to look up on those days. (laughs) Okay, I'm just letting you know. Yeah, whenever it gets close to that day, I like if I've got a calendar of it, I'm like, okay, don't look up. Okay, so Trevor, you get in the car, Fred, Millie, start it, and you drive off. Mm -hmm. You have no issues going through the town. You do notice that there is no one out. Not a soul. A lot of lights are shut off. Seems like there's a lot of people in this town like you. Maybe they just don't like the night. Peculiar. You start making your way out of town. You get maybe about a mile outside of Salem when something runs in front of your car. I'm going to slam on the brakes. Okay. You slam on the brakes. Unfortunately, you are not quick enough. And you hit it head on. Well, son of a bitch. You manage You manage to not flip the car. However, you do skid across the road. You are now facing Salem. I'm going to get out of the car and see what the hell that was. Okay. You get out of the car... The whole front end is smashed. <sighs> You're looking around and you can't you don't see anything on the road other than pieces of your vehicle. Take my flashlight out, look around. Okay, you shine it into the trees. You don't see anything. <sighs> Damn dear. Alright, I'm gonna pause you for there. Marcellus. You got done with getting your prescription filled, playing your cello, and you go back to the Montgomery mansion. There is a driver there waiting for you. Hmm. It is evening, not quite dark yet, but it's getting close. And he says to you, Mr. Montgomery requested for me to take you to Salem as soon as you arrived. Uh, Of course he did. Alright. Let's go. Okay. He gets in the car and you drive off. Fast forward a couple hours. You are on the road. You see a few lights in the distance. Presumably it is Salem. You are getting close. A little ways up You happen to see headlights kind of flip around, like you see them and you see them flip around. And as you pull up, you see 
Trevor standing outside with a flashlight looking around. The driver stops the car and gets out. Mr. Montgomery? Robert! What perfect timing. Are you okay, sir? <sighs> I believe I'm all right. Just a couple bumps and bruises, nothing big. That damn deer, though. Oh, my. I have brought Marcellus to you. Well, excellent. I'm going to walk to the back of the car, tap on the window. Yeah. I'm going to give the roll-down motion. The roll-down window. Yeah. And you missed quite the party. You, uh, you want to go ahead and scoot on over? We can sandwich ourselves in and head on home. Sure. I'm going to give you the details, uh, when we get back to the mansion. All right. Something tells me I could have just stayed there, but... As you say that, all of you hear a very loud howl. It seems very close. Perhaps it wasn't a damn deer after all. Did you happen to see what it was that you hit? Uh, no, I assumed it was a deer with a thud it created, but perhaps it was a wolf. Hmm. Yeah, rather large wolf. Huh. I'm going to step out of the car okay. and get my rifle out and have it at the ready and try to look along, like, look at the tree lines and see if I can see anything moving. Okay. As you do that, your driver says, Mr. Montgomery. Yes? Something seems to be the matter with Miss Millie. And he gets in the back of your car. I'm going to run over there. Okay. You run over there and you see her slumped in the back seat and her looks like her nose is bleeding and she is unconscious. Oh, shit. What's wrong? Miller's down. She's got a bloody nose. I can't, I don't know if she's breathing or not. And, oh, sorry. The driver reaches over, puts his fingers, two of his fingers up to her jugular. Says she has a heartbeat. She is breathing. I think she just got knocked unconscious. I'm going to go over and try to roll a first aid on her. Okay. That is 26 under 50. Okay. You managed to at least stop the bleeding of her nose. Kind of shove some cloth or something up her nose. She is still unconscious, but her breathing is fine. And you hear, all of you, hear another how very loud this time seems very close to you. I suggest we get the hell out of here before whatever the hell I hit gets pissed off and comes inside to finish the job. I'm going to have my rifle at the ready after I get done with her. I'm going to basically be the last one to get into the car looking around. Okay. The driver kind of picks Millie up and he's walking back towards the, his car when he lets out a blood-curdling scream. Ah! And you turn to look at him and you see 
standing right behind that car. Very tall creature. Covered in fur. With wolf features. But in humanoid shape. I need you all to roll me a sanity. Well, hello there. This is Mr. Tittles. And unfortunately, I will have to resort to more diabolical means. But rest assured, I will bring our little announcer friend back. <laughs> Hello, this is Charlie Transmutation coming to you with another PSA announcement. No, Charlie, this is a commercial. What? Crap. Nobody told me that. Well, what are you supposed to do in this thing anyway? Well, Charlie, I'm glad you asked. This is the part where we introduce our new homebrew 5e D&D podcast, The Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, where we explore the homebrew world of Alteris using homebrew rules and homebrew material from the Dungeon Master's Guild. Eh, sounds boring. I'm out of here. See you later, Charlie. We hope to have you guys come check us out soon. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. Oh. You got that shit on lockdown this time. Not me. 7045 was the number I was looking for. <laughs> 16 under 58. 96 out of 50. Okay. Trevor, you take one point of sanity loss. Oh, wait. No, you lost. You won. Sorry. Marcellus <laughs> takes one point of sanity loss. Trevor and Fred roll a D6 sanity loss. Oh boy. Outrageous. Ooh, that's four. I'm oh. already hurting from the last time. I still haven't recovered from the last one. I only took two. 37 sanity left. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I am going to immediately dive into the car. Okay. You are closer to your wrecked car than you are. Yep, that's fine. I'm going to dive into the wrecked car. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take a shot. Okay. That is 79 under 85. Okay. Here we go. Roll for damage. Go ahead. A grand total of 13 damage. Okay. You shoot it and you hit. He does not move. And he howls again, an almost deafening howl since he is so close. And he charges towards you. <laughs> oh shit. Wave bye bye. He is going for the driver since the driver is the closest. The one who's holding Millie. Why does Trevor have to be such a chicken shit? <laughs> so, as he charges towards the driver and Millie, the he goes to claw and bite. However, the driver kind of stumbles backwards and falls. 
and the werewolf misses. Hmm. Lucky that. <laughs> Terrible dice rolls. <laughs> now it is your three's turn. I'm going to sit here and just watch from the window. Okay. How far away is it? 20, 30 feet? Yeah, about there, yeah. Alrighty. Uh, I'm going to take another shot. Okay. 1%. Ooh. <laughs> That's just double damage on a critical? I think so, yes. Alrighty. <laughs> That's 28 points of damage. Ooh, nice one. So, what happens is you take a shot at it. You shoot it right in an eyeball. And it howls in pain. The eyeball seems to be gone. But he is still standing. Um, can I spend uh, another action to put the bayonet on the end of my rifle? Okay. And I'm going to tell everybody to run. Okay. And I'm going to basically start, like, shouting at it. Like, come here! Come get me! Okay. Fred, what are you doing? So the driver still has Millie, right? Yes. He's currently on his butt on the ground right now because he stumbled backwards and fell. But he is still holding on to Millie, yes. I kind of want to just avoid this thing and go around the car to the other car. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I'm just for the moment, I'm going to use all my movement basically to avoid, give this thing a big swath where somebody else is closer to it and make my way to the car. Okay. Roll me a stealth. What? Hold on a sec. What side? The right or left side are you coming down? Well, let's see. If we were on the right side of the road and the car got turned, I would have been on the passenger side in the first place. So I would be on the right side of the car. So it'd be, it would be close to that thing. Okay, you roll with an advantage because that's the eye that got blown out. So then I just... Roll. You roll an extra... Ten. Ten. And you subtract it from it. I still got over it by five. <sighs> Dang. Okay, so the creature spots you. It is now his turn. Oh, no! Let's see what he does first. Okay. He spots you. He turns. You see his head turn straight to you. But he turns right back to Marcellus. And he charges you. Red dodge the attack. Okay, try it. That is 10 under 40. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's a no-go. I rolled a six. Uh, Damn it. All right, so he does claw you. No! Don't worry. I am one tough SOB. I did take a bullet. (laughs) Live. By a partner. (laughs) Yeah. It's an accidental bullet, but still. She's rolling a lot of dice. 
Dealing 16 points of damage. Oh my god! He's dead. No! <laughs> I'm sorry. I literally no! rolled max for both. Fit of rage. Yep. That's uh I am jumping into the driver's seat. That's negative one for me. I'm assuming his body just got flung across the road. Yeah, he lifted his paw up in the air, swung it down, and just lifted Marcellus off and flung him to the other side of the road. I am going to jump in the driver's seat and yell, you furry son of a bitch! And then I'm going to throttle that gas. Why does nobody ever do what Marcellus wants them to do and fucking run? (laughs) Well, I ran. Your driver and Millie are still in the road. I thought they ran. I'm going (laughs) to... They tripped and fell. Blind rage. Whoopsie. (laughs) Whoopsie daisy. I might have just killed everyone. I'm fine. Okay. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Take the perfectly good car and crash it into the perfectly bad car. And I'm in the bad car. He's taking the Both bad cars. <clears throat> so, this is how it goes. When Marcellus had yelled "run," the driver and Mil- like the driver, kind of took Millie and crawled off of the road. You scream out and put the car in reverse. The tires squeal, and you get lunged backwards in the car, and you slam right into the werewolf, and you slam it into the car, and the car stops, mm-hmm. and this thing is just screeching. I'm going to get out, and I'm going to run back there, and I'm going to empty both my 45 revolvers. Okay. You took your action. Ah, uh, okay. So you can get out. That is your movement. Okay. And that is it. All right. Marcellus does have an action. Fred? So Fred, I think, is going to get into the driver's seat of the good car. And I'm going to wait. Like, because this has, uh, does this have an emergency brake? No. Yeah, so I'm just going to keep my foot on the brake. So at least give more resistance if this thing tries to push it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it is the werewolf's turn. So the werewolf takes his claws, digs it into the trunk of your car, Trevor, mm-hmm. and just pushes it forward, freeing itself. And it starts climbing on top of your car. Mm-hmm. And you hear gunshots from the side. From the passenger side. And the werewolf falls. And you see it. It just falls on top the roof. Mm-hmm. Kind of caving in a little bit, but not too much. Doesn't really affect you. And its head is hanging over where the windshield is. And blood is just dripping down the windshield. Combat is over. I'm still emptying 
both my derringers into its face. Okay, so you do that. More blood kind of splatters out of it, but it's still dead. I'm going to look where the gunshots came from. Okay, you look over and you see a figure approaching. And as the figure gets a little closer, it is Evelyn. Hmm. I told you. Are you okay? Is everyone else here okay? She starts looking around. I'm gonna run over to my fallen comrade. Okay, roll me a spot. Yep. 59 out of 66. Okay, so you run over to where you saw his body flung and he is clear on the other side of the road in the ditch and you find him laying there, lifeless. Want to pull him up on the road? Okay. You pull him up on the road. Mm-hmm. And Evelyn walks over, sticks her fingers on his neck, just kind of shakes her head. I'm going to put him in the back seat of the uh, decent car. What's left of the decent car? Because you yep. smashed into that too. Yep. She says... I have a car. Would like me to take you and everyone back. I'm just gonna nod. She says, okay. She walks back into the forest a little bit. About ten minutes later, you see a car pulling up, and it's Evelyn. And you guys get into the car. Lay Marcellus in the back seat with you. And she takes off. She doesn't say a word. You guys get back to Arkham. And she says, Would you like me to drop you off first, or would you like to go straight to the hospital? The hospital. She nods and drives to the hospital. You get there and they take Marcellus, pronounce him dead, and tell you that they will call the coroner. They say you are. They ask you a couple questions about what had happened. Evelyn speaks up and says that there was a wolf attack outside of Salem. They can kind of see the giant claw mark across Marcellus and. They just kind of nod, and they look at you and say, you're free to go. <clears throat> this uh, corner needs to contact me. They look at you and... Okay, uh, would you leave a number for us, please? Yes. I hand them the number, okay. irritated, because they should already know who the hell I am. Not everybody in Arkham City knows who you are. <laughs> Not everyone. Not to mention, they probably don't know your number. Anyways, so. That's that. Evelyn says she'll take you home. I'll walk. Just nods and looks at Fred. Would you like me to take you home? Yeah, we probably need to leave Millie here, though. 
Yeah, the driver had grabbed Millie and brought her in as well, and they had taken her to get looked at and checked out. Yeah, I guess you can take me home. She says, okay. (laughs) And then she just looks at you, Trevor, and says, if you need to talk, I'm here. And then she turns around and leaves with Fred and the driver. I am going to walk out and go to my home. And I'm going to, when I get inside, I'm going to grab a bottle of scotch and just go drink it in the parlor until I pass out drunk. Okay, so you go home and drink and pass out. Mm -hmm. You wake up the next day head is pounding and the phone is ringing I'm gonna go answer it hello Mr. Montgomery yes this is the coroner right send the funeral expenses bill to my place of uh, work we did find uh, will and testament on the body and the preference would be at a cemetery on the north side of Boston buried next to his wife would you like us to send his body to Boston yes understood and you hear kind of scribbling as if they are writing it down would you like me to call you back with the funeral arrangements the dates. Yes. Okay, she's writing down more. Anything else, Mr. Montgomery? That'll be all. Thank you. Hangs up the phone. So I'm going to slowly hang it up. And then I'm going to slam it across the room. Okay. You slam the phone across the room and it kind of tumbles and... Mm-hmm. What else are you doing? Just going to crawl upstairs and go to bed. Okay. And that's where we're going to end it tonight. So damn sad. Poor Mark. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Poor Mark. That was not planned, listeners. That was not planned (laughs) at all. It never is. All right. That's the end of the episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Tune in next week. Hey everybody, this is your Mythos Master, Ariel. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave a review and share it with a friend. You can come chat with us on our Discord or check out our Twitter. Links are in the show notes below. Next episode airs next Saturday. Keep your percentiles low and your sanity high. Long gone are the days where people sing about West Virginia as almost heaven. After nuclear war and disease, is Far From Heaven Now. Far From Heaven, a Fallout 76 story podcast, is a tale of survival, conflict and hope set in the Fallout 76 game world. Join our survivors on their journey to reach that almost heaven once more. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon and many other great podcasts and apps. 
Far From Heaven, a Fallout 76 story, available now.